Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. All right, moms, dads, guardians, we're back in the house with Dr. Bill Senior. Uh, he's done some research on recent and science and technology related to shame, loneliness, and unforgiveness. It has created online experimental paths where regular Christians can find <laughs> healing and move forward. And he knows that it helps. I know that it helps, and that's why I have him here with us today. So once again, welcome Dr. Bill Senior. Dr. Bill, appreciate you being back with us. And I want to pick up and, and talk about loneliness and disconnectedness yep. and identity issues mm. and things of, of that nature. So what's happening in the brain of a person that struggles with loneliness yeah. and disconnectedness, both as a parent and as a child? Yeah, so um, recent research, solid stuff, basically is identifying loneliness as a pain. So when I'm walking uh, barefoot and I step on a rock and, and all of a sudden I go, ouch, what happens is there's a, a neural pathway that goes from that that nerve and it goes all the way up to a part of my brain called the DACC. And, it, and the DACC goes, yep, go ahead and say it. And I go, ouch. And what happens is all of my brain is then focused on dealing with the pain. It's not catching that bus or getting on this program or watching that TV show. I'm going to do something to take care of the pain. Well, that DACC is actually the same place that loneliness is registered. So my brain goes into ouch mode. And uh, the important thing about that is, is all of the focus of my involuntary subconscious brain is on getting rid of that pain, that loneliness. And I will do anything. That's the powerful part of the brain that has, has powerful drugs with it. My prefrontal cortex has almost no hormones or drugs related to it. Small, small amounts of dopamine, very small. Um, so, so my brain is going to kick into reactionary behavior that I've done before or, or whatever presents itself. And so that could be self-medicating. That could be uh, uh, unfortunate, unsafe relationships. It could be, yeah. by the way, if you, when you're feeling lonely, take two Advils. And really? yeah, oh yeah, it will make you feel a little bit better. But the problem is you're going to get addicted to Advils because your brain is going, oh, that worked. Let's do that again and again and again, particularly if the loneliness stays. So uh, many yeah, people have come you out. Deal with the, you got to deal with the source. You know, it's just like stepping yep. on a rock. You got to take your foot off of it because you, you know where where that's coming from. But that source of that pain, 
you got to find that out and deal right. with it, right? But the problem is this is subconscious. So I could go for weeks, days, months, years. Lonely people can be lonely for decades and not know yeah. their brain is focused on that. And they're doing these things and acting out and not knowing why, trying to stop it, trying to make friends, trying to you know do with the things that people are telling them and it's not working. So some people suggest, and I'm totally in a, on board with this, that the, the ramping up of opioid crisis is largely due to the ramping up of loneliness in our culture. They, they go together. Opioids is one of those things that can mask over pain of loneliness a little bit. And it's subconscious. So a lot of the people who are addicted to opioids are actually addicted because their brain is trying to get rid of the loneliness. Now, we Christians have something we can actually do. Uh, we're not dependent upon yeah, our family but, relationships yeah. or our history. We're not. There is this one relationship that has been pre-purchased for us where we're not lonely. We might feel that, and that's back to that simple, uncluttered gospel I read in the last podcast. But if the Holy Spirit can make me feel, this is Ephesians 3, make me begin to grasp power from God through the Holy Spirit in my inner being, can make me begin to grasp the height and width and length and depth of the love of Christ for me, it's better than Advil. And you can quote me on that. Uh, but it's a pattern. I have to. I have to develop that ongoing developing habit. So when I'm feeling lonely, even involuntarily, subconsciously, the simple uncluttered gospel kicks in. No, no, no. I, here's something else I can do. I can ask the Holy Spirit to make me feel God's love, Jesus's love, the Spirit's love for me as I am. And when I experience that, I'm less addicted to uh, to my other reactionary behaviors for loneliness. We can actually begin to to, to knock loneliness out of the park. Not perfectly. That's heaven, brother. And this ain't it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this world is far from it. But it sounds like, you know, I, I've heard it said, and I know it personally, there's like a a God-sized hole in you. And when you allow God to occupy yeah. that space that he created in you, because he created you for relationship and when you have that relationship with him mm -hmm. it, it, it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to be lonely mm -hmm. when the most powerful being yeah. in the world loved you so yeah. much yeah let me and layer on top of that because with you let me layer on top of that because what you said is so true but let me just tweak a couple of things is um the the cure is that i actually experience that love so mm -hmm. theologically christians have that love Jesus isn't going to do anything more for us. He's already purchased it for us. We'll experience it all in heaven. And right now, my brain is actually fighting against me. Back to shame. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. Subconscious, subconscious. And, and I'm lonely. Uh, I'm not connectable in, the, in, that, in that word. So I actually need a bigger power to make me feel. And Paul uses the, in that section in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, he mentions power three times. He knew that we human beings in this groaning creation need power to overcome my brain's inner working in order to feel the love that Jesus has already purchased. Uh, John Calvin, he's not known for this. He should be. This is the best stuff he did. Uh, he said in his, his uh, chapter on faith and spirit that it's the secret workings of the Holy Spirit in Christians to make us feel the passion of the Holy Spirit in us to make us feel the height and width and length and depth of the love of Christ. We have it. But like I said, we stopped hearing the music. We stopped getting in that dance. And we, we're Christians, thousands, millions of Christians 
who are loved but aren't feeling it. And so we start looking for love in all the wrong places, strict theology, um, the world, uh, whatever it might be, denominations, whatever it might be, some good, some bad, but we're missing the thing that Jesus died for. He didn't die for denominations. He died that I would actually experience the love of Christ and then then communicate that to other lonely and ashamed people. Well, you know, that 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 speaks to uh, adults and everything. And, and I know it speaks to children too, but let's take a moment and, and talk about our children. What can my moms and dads and guardians do for that child of theirs who struggles with loneliness and disconnectedness? Gonna, they, they don't have the maturity that we do. Some, some adults don't have the maturity that they should have, but yeah. uh, they, they, they haven't reached their maturity yet, and, and they have a lot of inexperience. So what, what can yeah. we do for them? Yeah, let me, let me quote a, uh, a, a secular uh, uh, scientist. Every child needs at least one adult who is irrationally crazy about him or her. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that great? I like that. I like um, that. So and now let me tell you a story from my my son-in-law. Praise God for my son-in-law. I've learned so much about him and how he's raising my grandchildren. He's a past Jeff Buster is his name. He's a pastor in the Chicago area, but he speaks about the importance of ongoing, random acts of affection and undignified acts of affection. Random acts of affection. Undignified. Oh, undignified. Let me. Let me tell you one of the things he does. Uh, and by the way, you should have him on your podcast. I can hook that up for you. But oh, he has please. this thing called running kisses. So his son is now six and they have the shotgun house. You know what I mean? You know, you can see from, from the bedrooms, you can see all the way to the living room and there's this long, thin hallway. And so when he's putting his son to sleep, six years old, he puts him on the bed, he's standing on the bed. And then he says he dresses down. He's got floppy socks on. He doesn't fix his hair. He just looks, you know. Looks like a homeless person almost, right? And and he's backing up and he says to his son, is this good enough? And the son goes, no, 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 back up further, back up further. Now, now, and it goes on for five minutes and he's all the way back to the end of the house and he says, okay, are you ready? And his son's standing there on the bed, expectations high. And he says, I'm ready, dad. And his dad flops down the down the hallway, always looking at, at his son. And then he jumps on the bed, tackles his son, and he says he kisses him all over. And he says, good night, son. And the way he puts it, he says, at that moment, my son gets the gospel because mm -hmm. that's what Jesus does. Jesus is running to him, giving him running kisses as he is, not as he should be or could be. We don't link this to whether you've been a good boy or a bad boy or we're putting you to bed. We want you to sleep in peace running kisses. And he says he does that as often as he possibly can. He looks for those opportunities where he can model the gospel of this pursuing, running, kissing God to his son. His son is one of the most confident six-year-olds I have ever seen in my life. You know, uh, you, you kind of remind me, you know, my son one day, you know, he's, he's into his upper teens and, 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 and you know, I tell that I love him, go, oh, dad. And I said, no, you, you listen to me. I'm not always going to be here to tell you that I love you. So while I am here, I'm going to make sure yeah. as often as I can yep. that you know that your daddy loved you. Yep. And I said, your grandfather That's was it, not a man of a whole lot of words, but I said, I remember one night 
um, him and my mother having a conversation and they were talking about the expense of putting braces on my teeth and he was worried about my self-image and everything. And God allowed me to key in on this little bit of their conversation. I think that it was intentional of God where it, it was a choice between medication for him and putting braces on my teeth. He says, I care more about the well-being of my son than my own. Mm. There you go. And that spoke that spoke a lot to your son. Well, You sacrificed well, for your son. Yeah. Sounds like yeah, Jesus but, to me. Well, yeah, because it, it was. Because at that, at that point, my dad was my stepfather. But after that point, mm. my dad was my father. Mm-hmm. And people will refer and say, oh, yeah, your stepdad. I said, I, I don't have a stepdad. I, I have a father. That's, that is so good. And that is so, so, that, so good. That, that example of being to your children uh, Christ-like. Yeah. Because I think that's what you're talking about, brother. Even that act of silliness running down the hallway and, you know, and, hey, boys love to wrestle and stuff like that. So you're sure. <laughs> the, sure. you take down and all the kids are in the rough place, stuff like that. Right. You know, he he's speaking love he to God, and, and, and he in that he instant it. is intentionally being yeah. Christ-like uh, with his child. So, wow, man. That, he's also done – this was amazing, too. I mean, you, 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 you may have done this. I never did. I wish I had. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of ashamed I never did. But sometimes when the, his son's being punished, you know, timeouts, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff goes and sits in them for him. Just he goes and sits in the timeout for his son and says, "Son, what you did was was disobedient and uh, wrong, and uh, you should be punished. That's, that's five minutes timeout. And I, but I'm gonna I love you so much that I'm gonna take your punishment for you. Thank you, son. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> right that that'll make your child think. Yeah. In the uh, good enough parent class, let me read you this this letter. And what I what I ask people do is to change to write this rewrite this letter for their son for their daughter, age appropriate, sex appropriate. But this is a thing that I uh, that I have in the dance, one of my online things that speaks about Jesus and you and your love. So can I read this letter? It'll take just a minute or oh, two. Oh please, oh please, please. So this is a letter from God to you, Christian. No matter who you are, what you've done, what your color is, socioeconomic, doesn't matter whether you've been beat up, whether you're ashamed, all of those things. Just listen to this. Just let this letter wash over you. My beloved, do you know how much I adore you? When I look deep in your eyes into your weary and beat up soul, do you know what I feel? I am stunned at what I see. I made you for a particular purpose of great glory and creativity. I specifically chose your eye color, your hair color, and your stubbornness because no other colors or traits would do. Up until now, you have been resistant to my love. I know you struggle better than even you do. You have had your reasons, but now it is the time for you to be loved with the love that up until now you could only dream of from a distance. This is what your soul has longed for since you were a child. You know those inner working models? This is the love that you have been searching for all of your life in all the wrong places. I love you as you are right now with all of the warts and wrinkles, all of the scars and mistakes. I look at you and know who you really are. I love you far more than you even love yourself. You look in the mirror and you see distortion and fractures and scars. I only see your deep residing beauty, unscarred. Look into your reflection in my eyes. And then you will see a no. You don't need to dress up for me. I'm not a fan of masks. 
You have many fears. You no doubt imagine that maybe I too will not love you, that I will be ashamed of what I see, or that I would be angry at you like the others have been, but that will not happen. I only desire to honor you with great love and glory. So I invite you to come into my embrace just to be held and adored as you are. You can do nothing to earn my love. It cannot be earned. I have already paid for it 2,000 years ago. It's now perfectly yours forever. So know this. My love will not leave you as you are. This love heals. Come to me as I am. Do not delay. Come. If anyone thirsts, he should come to me, and I will quench their thirst. Your soul is very thirsty. Come and drink freely. Don't hesitate. Don't be ashamed. Come. It's time to leave the darkness and shadows that plague you and enter the light. Signed, Jesus. Oh, man. Brother, hey, you know, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Amen. It's going to sound a a little strange, but for this upcoming uh, camping event that we're having at Royal Rangers, I would just love to to get a video of you reading that and sitting it and when it comes time to make that move to the altar and just bring that up off screen and just have you read that letter out. It's an invitation and, to communion? As an invitation to the to the altar, man. To, uh, okay. To come to the altar and, and uh it, it let them be prayed for and yeah, some man. to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ while others uh, come to find out that they, they don't need to struggle with that loneliness. They love, don't need love to, to do struggle that. with that uh, disconnectedness that they are enough. Oh yeah. You can play that song right after that. Oh yeah. Boom. And just come out with Got that. It, oh man. Yes. That, that's awesome. Say, Hey, I want to, touch on one thing before we end today because this is yeah. important also uh, with the world telling us who we are uh, rather than us realizing whose we are. Yeah. Uh, what what can parents, what are two things parents can do for that child that struggles with identity issues? You know, in today's world, uh, mm-hmm. we, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but the world mm-hmm. is telling us, uh, you know, who and what we should be. So how, how can parents, what are two things that they could do to, to, to deal with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I spoke about these, uh, the, the undignified uh, random acts of love and love that's directed towards your child without exception, without disregard to how they were today or yesterday or whether they were bullied in school or whether internet, whatever, that they hear this in random parts of and creatively throughout the day. The second thing is to tell them the actual gospel of, and, and, and by that, not just that they're saved and go to heaven, but that because of what Jesus did, God's love, God's powerful love is actually available to them where they can feel loved by at least one person and teach them how to, I, we, we, we call them Holy Spirit, make me prayers. So Holy Spirit, make me feel that love of Jesus because I don't right now. And, and, and to be really honest about that, those are the two things. And again, think of it as a, a habit that we're trying to build. So when somebody bullies them or they're uh, unjustly arrested or whatever it might be, uh, their girlfriend, boyfriend breaks up with them, that their brain, their critical inner voice is going to go, see, I told you so. And there's another voice that mm-hmm. says, oh, yeah, 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 you got hurt. But but there is a king that you can run to and he will give you running kisses because he adores you. And that hasn't changed. And they know how, not just, you know, I believe that's true, but actually they know how to access that love by doing the Holy Spirit make me 
prayers over and over and over. This good enough parent class is, is going to be loaded with these kind of techniques and skills and ideas um, where parents can actually uh, begin to do this better and be I'm, more creative. I'm excited about it, brother. It, it, it sounds to me like one of the things parents can do is if they're having their own situation where the world is pressing upon them as to who they are, they they could take that child, put them to the side, and say, you know, Mama felt a lot going on today. I, I mean, mm. I, I, the enemy was trying to tell me I'm this, and I know that I'm not that. Or father's doing the same thing. You say, uh, love it. Would you would you sit with your mom for just a moment? I won't hold you for long. But as we told you, where any two or more gather in his name, mm-hmm. there could you mm-hmm. be my, Could you be that other? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he mm-hmm. can come into our presence and, and, and say, uh, Lord, mm-hmm. uh, the, the world's really trying to tell me all day today at work mm-hmm. who I am. They were telling me I was this. I was telling me this. But your word says that yeah. I'm there for this. And I need help with that, Lord. I need for you to mm-hmm. touch me. And I accept mm-hmm. who you say I am. You say I'm this. You say I'm this. And you know, Brother, you can do a simple Google search, who the Bible says that you are, who God says you are, and, and the plethora of stuff that you will get mm-hmm. where God, all throughout his word, tells us mm-hmm. who we are. There, there, there is no doubt. He tells us who mm-hmm. we are. And my favorite is that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And just doing that with your child mm-hmm. so that when they encounter those situations, where the world's mm-hmm. pressing in on them, prayerfully they bring yeah. you to mm-hmm. them and say, "Will you be that other?" Yes, that we can pray together, and there, where any two or more are gathered in His name, there He is, and they can pray about their issues because yeah. you're setting them up for success, man, brother. Yeah. You 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 motivated me, man. You got me yeah. sitting up here preaching and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Moms and dads, I tell you what. We're going to have a link in the podcast description. Check it out, as always. We're also going to have some free resources for you that uh, are there for you. So please take advantage of those, as well as a link to uh, Dr. Bill's website and, and the things that he has going on. But that's all that we have for you for this particular session. Uh, I pumped up. Go back and play this again and again both part one and part two of this interview uh, because it's going to feed you. It's going to empower you to Mm -hmm. become the best version of yourself as a mom, the best version of yourself as a dad, the best version of yourself as parents and guardians. Until the next time we speak, God bless you each and every one. Well, that concludes another awesome episode Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians, for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was once said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show. 
to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.